1: and current events from a biblical perspective
0: 2020 on vision let's talk about having a healthy relationship with god and a healthy relationship with one another and interestingly the way we relate to god often comes back to the way we were raised in our own families The way we think of God as our Father, the way that we are loved by Him, but sometimes we don't feel that love. Sometimes we feel ashamed. Sometimes we feel like we're less valuable. Sometimes we feel rejected let's talk about this issue of rejection today and a special welcome back to 2020 to paul ryan who is the national director for ll ministries in australia ll has 55 centers on five continents around the world focusing on restoration and discipleship paul a special welcome back to 2020
1: excellent great to hear your voice again neil
0: Paul, let's talk about rejection and uh, come back to how the rejection originates in us because it really can be a debilitating thing. Uh, What are your thoughts about the origins of rejection in our lives?
1: Yes, well, you in your introduction picked up on some great points about where we as individuals would start to feel the origin of rejection in our own lives, even within our own families. But the actual um, origin itself goes back to genesis which is really the beginning of all things and in genesis chapter three when adam and eve rebelled they were the first people to know what it meant to be afraid and to feel ashamed adam was asked by god where are you and a holy god doesn't ask questions looking for information because he's omniscient he knows everything he's asking adam that question because he wants to know if he'll be honest and genuine and adam is he says i was afraid and i hid so afraid, the first appearance of fear in Scripture, and when you hide, you want to cover something. You're ashamed. And so we have fear and shame surfacing for the very first time in the Word of God. They felt rejected. Adam and Eve felt lost. Their actions made them feel like failures, and they were unworthy. And today, orthodox faith would recognize that we all carry the curse of original sin. And with that, we can all feel rejected in life when those closest to us Don't offer or express love to us in an unconditional way as only God can. That would be the true origin of rejection, Neil.
0: And I guess the opposite to rejection is acceptance, isn't it? And the idea that if we feel rejected uh, by God, or it could be rejected by our family, uh, we'd want to get onto a pathway to try and re-establish some level of acceptance because we might not feel like a whole person until those things are under control. And even our behaviours are going to change if we don't get this all right, Paul.
1: Yes, yeah, very much so. I mean, rejection really comes out of the negative events in life that cause us to lose our understanding of our true value as children of God. Rejection actually steals our identity. Rejection actually causes a loss of security. It actually makes us feel that we're no longer worthy to belong in God's family. And so uh, to look for ways in which, I guess, we need to then replace that rejection with acceptance and belonging, uh, we need to understand we're trying to deal with the fear and the shame that Adam and Eve experienced And so we need to find ways that we can walk into truth to replace the consequences of rejection, which primarily are fear and shame. So they're the things we're battling against in trying to overcome rejection, Neil.
0: Interesting, isn't it, that when we talk about topics like this, we are talking about injuries we suffer. And, uh, you know, if you and I were having a fist fight, Paul, uh, which I'm sure is never going to ever happen, but, uh, (laughs) you know, we might be bruised and battered and we might show some injuries. But... There are certain things that happen to us, uh, while they are wounds in themselves, they don't have a display of bruises and gashes and uh, blood flowing out of our bodies in the way that it would be if we were having a physical assault but wounds can go very, very deep, can't they, and uh, steal away something from us that really is our personhood, uh, the wholeness of the individual. How do you describe the sort of things that people are wounded by when they suffer this issue of rejection?
1: Yeah, great comment and great question in there, Neil. Just imagine if you're growing up and you have parents, whether or not they remain together, whether they're separated Whatever the circumstances are of your life, it's amazing how the enemy can feed lies into us that feed us messages. And if I just use my own testimony, Neil, I was raised by uh, a mum and dad who were married only for a short time. And by the age of three, father had left. And this is not an uncommon story, it just usually comes in a different format. And that sent a, a very deep message to me when my father walked out. I remember thinking, I am on my own. There is no one else here to protect me. My dad doesn't love me enough to hang around. And I'm on my own. And it's amazing as a man how wrestling with that throughout my Christian life, as I tried to walk with Christ, in my own heart, I'm buying into this belief system from past wound that was unhealed at the time that I have to do everything in my own strength. I have to do this. on. I am on my own. No one's going to help me here. I can't ask for help. No one's going to come and help. Now that very much isolated me, very much caused me to try to operate in my own strength. And that is a, a pathway that is doomed to failure. What was required there was for me to recognize there is a holy God who doesn't want me to do this by myself. But when my own father is the cause of that wound, I'm projecting my view of my earthly dad onto my view of heavenly dad. I'm seeing him as someone who I cannot trust to come through for me, and therefore I'm on my own. So that took a lot of unpacking. Whatever our wounds are in our life, um, they're unseen to us usually. They're below the waterline. We don't recognize them, but often we'll see the symptoms, Neil, of how they impact our life, how they drive our behaviors and cause us pain and injury and those around us pain and injury that only God can bring restoration to if we're willing to invite him into that process.
0: And... This is more than theoretical, Paul, because, you know, when we recognize that those who are our earthly parents or the people that we thought loved us and all of a sudden something goes wrong and we recognize that we are on our own, uh, left outside, uh, rejected, so to speak, that God makes up the shortfall. And the shortfall is, uh, is in the sense here that he's promised never to leave us or forsake us and with us every moment, and the one who accepts us even as we are, with all of our faults, warts and all. There's something powerful in that that does something on the inside of us, Paul.
1: Yes, absolutely. That that is a core truth. The problem is, though, Nia, see, I could have quoted that to you. I could have taught that better than most, but I didn't actually believe it in my heart. And that becomes a core issue we need to understand. And, and here at LL Ministries, what we'd often do is we'll teach on the four principles of acceptance. It often helps expose the, the, the rhetoric we would tell others as opposed to the truth we actually believe in our hearts. It's a little bit like the... Have you ever heard the story of, like, you know, um, we need to get this truth to drop 18 inches from our head to our heart? Mm-hmm. And often what that's referring to, Neil, is if we have a young boy or young girl who grows up in the scenario that I described about my my own life in my own testimony. Growing up in a Christian household, I was taught things at church on Sunday that I was not seeing lived out at home in my own life. And so I could repeat the Christian truth to you, but in my life experience, there was a very different reality. So when I was under pressure, I did not default to the memorized scriptures. I defaulted to what I believe to be true in my heart, where all the wounds lay, the unhealed places. And so just these four principles of acceptance, they're very simple principles, but they're very powerful. The first one is to accept God as he really is. I could tell you that I really understood God and his truth and how good he was, but in my heart, I did not. And so sometimes a better question to ask that first principle is, what is your view of God, Paul? And how did you actually get that view of God? And that starts to expose some deeper things in me that I didn't really want to go after or answer if we can start to understand who god really is that now can really open us up to the truth that you're speaking of that then can allow us to present ourselves to god in a way where we can let him love us so many people say that they allow god to love them but really when we don't feel like we're worthy if we feel rejected we don't really think god wants to love us many times we fall into performance orientation Neil, and believe that god actually is expecting us to somehow earn his love So the question often has to be asked, will you actually allow God to love you just as you are? And that then brings into the whole area of acceptance of yourself, which is the third principle. And a better way to ask that is, can you love yourself? If you stand in front of a mirror, do you like what you see? Remember a Christian poet once wrote, if you love yourself, underrate yourself, should you um, love yourself as others would love you? And basically what he was really trying to point to there was, if you don't really like yourself very much, then to go out on the streets and try to preach the love of Christ is going to be a very difficult thing to do. It's, it's, it's difficult to pour that love out to others when you can't really love yourself and that's going to make it hard to love others, the fourth principle, learning to accept others. And so in those four principles of acceptance, when we teach those to people and unpack them far more than I've done today in greater depth over a variety of sessions with a lot of practicals, we help people see a greater truth of what they're actually believing and what they're actually behaving out of the beliefs that drive behaviours and how they got those beliefs and the wounds behind that we can then invite Jesus into to bring healing. And that's where we start to see some real transformation in the hearts of people, Uh, Neil. Well,
0: there's wonderful depths in those four principles of acceptance for that person who's listening to us today Paul and thinking you know what I'm struggling with this rejection I can even identify some places in my past where it sort of crept in and it's got a hold and it's got a foothold in my life and things need to be dealt with where would you say would be the best place to start to address that rejection in your life right now
1: I would say Pretty simply, Neil, that the best way to allow God to bring healing and restoration to the wounds that have caused us to believe things about who we are and how God sees us, we need to actually go back to that very first principle. Can you accept God as He is? Or simply put, what is your view of God and how did you get that view? Because what we're really trying to take people on here is a journey of developing a deep and intimate relationship with Abba Father and learning to really understand how He sees us. Most of our rejection wounds lead us to the point where we don't like ourselves. Events in life have wounded us to the point where we have bought into this message that says there's something wrong with us. But from God's perspective, he loves and adores us. We are precious. He loves us unconditionally. And so that is going to require a journey of unpacking the wounds that have caused us a lot of pain, that cause us to bind to lies, to drive these behaviours of where we self-reject. And until we go on that journey of learning to see ourselves as God sees us, we will always struggle with rejection. So I think I would just come back to my very first point and finish on this. Until we learn to develop a deep and intimate relationship with Abba Father, where he can communicate to us how he really sees us, we will still continue to suffer the effects of rejection now.
0: Well, I know there'll be listeners now impressed to know that there is a ministry that has a real focus on restoration and restoration and Discipleship and uh, LL Ministries across 55 centres, five continents around the world. There is an Australian base, and uh, there's been challenges with the COVID-19 shutdowns as well, but there are online courses that listeners could get into today. Let me point listeners to the LL Ministries store online. That's how you access online courses through the website. The website is store ll.org.au. Now, how do you spell E double E-double-L-E-L. Paul Ryan is the National Director for LL Ministries in Australia. Paul, thanks so much for sharing these thoughts with us today on 2020.
1: Oh, you're very welcome, Neil, and uh, I trust that's been helpful for your listeners today.